independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Half of you listening at this moment in time don't believe a word the media says. That's according to Gallup and the Knight Foundation's brand new, couldn't be any shinier and beautifuler, Pole. It's totally a brand new. It's shiny. They cleaned it. It looks delicious. It really does. So it's very interesting. So I've gone through this poll and I get it. I get it. People don't believe the media. It's totally. It started really when you go and start looking through this thing. 2017, things started to go wonky. What happened in 2017? Donald Trump. That's what happened. Things changed and, and, and there was a precipitous drop. Why? Because the media started spinning lies about Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump lies enough. You don't need, he doesn't need any help. But it started there. And a portion of the country said, I don't believe a word you say anymore. But that portion has grown. Because not only did you tell stories, wonky stories about the Donald, stories that didn't need to be told, but because you didn't like him and he's mean and he tweets and he's ah, you told stories and you lost a portion of your audience, the niche audience you were going for, because why? Well, because you were telling these stories to everybody and they believed it too. And then they found out that you really were buying into stuff about Russiagate and all of this stuff that was ridiculous. Information overload is having the opposite effect. People don't want the information. Survey said 61% of Americans believe these factors of information overload, of stories not being true, of journalism really uh, being not what it is. Finds a vast majority of people say it's just too much. But where it gets really kind of scary is the fact that we can't have a solid democracy if everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Overall opinions of the United States media from 2017 to 2022 look like this. 53% of Republicans say, don't trust. 40-some percent of them just want nothing to do with the media outside of their own media. But overall, are you ready for this? Just over 53%, period. That's red, white, and blue want nothing to do with the media as far as whether or not they believe anything. 26% have somewhat of a favorable view, and 20% are neutral. That is not good. 72% say national news organizations have the resources and opportunity to report the news accurately and fairly to the public, but only 35% say most national news organizations can be relied upon to deliver the information they need. Now, I'm going to separate the two right now. That's what I do here. I want to keep it simple, stupid. If you want real news about what's going on in your world, it's your local news. Two reasons. One, the national news doesn't live among you. Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo live in an echo chamber. Sean Hannity and them live in an echo chamber. They go stories big, try to cast a wide net. They don't live amongst you. They're playing for a niche audience. The person down the street who is reading the news to you and delivering the news to you about what's going on in the local thing that's happening in your world is a journalist. For the most part. Not saying they don't slant one way or another, but the reality is they live amongst you. Your kids play soccer with them. 
right? They're on the PTA. This is a different world. They're telling you the who, what, when, how, and why. And it's a different world because the media they delivered, number two, is delivered in a way that is, the competition is less. If I want local news, I've got a few channels to choose from. If I want national news, I have a thousand things I can choose from. And I don't think people understand that. So I was talking last night with a couple of people and they were saying, well, why isn't this Ohio thing getting more? I said, in Ohio, it is. This train derailment's getting all kinds of stuff in Ohio. The, the left-leaning media is, 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 you know, ignoring it. The right-leaning media is asking some serious questions about it. But the reality is these are only the sensational parts. And part of it is, is because the competition in media in and itself is exactly that. Massive competition. I'm here in Phoenix. There are three local stations that are going to deliver me the news. Not counting the radio stations, right? So the station I work at here locally, KTAR, is we're news and talk. And our news department is as absolutely unbiased as you're going to find anywhere. And it's large. For, for, for a radio department, it is massive. But they don't have a ton of competition. If you have to scream louder than everybody else to get attention, you're going to do that. If you and I, Phil and I go to dinner tonight, and we have a nice dinner. We sit there, we talk about the wives, the kids, all of the stuff like that, what's going on in the world. Nobody cares. If he and I have a drag-out fight with the table next to us, and we're, we're, we're throwing down with them, we're tossing people through the window, and there's wine everywhere, and people are getting hit over the head, and somebody spilt my Sprite, and I threw somebody out of a window, people are going to pay attention. And to get people to look at you, that's what you need. If there's only two people in the restaurant where you got to film it, well, you're going to film both of them and who has ever got the most interesting conversation or whatever you want, you're going to, you're going to hear. That's the problem with news media. Case in point, Nicole Wallace yesterday about uh, the likes of, of Matt Gates, who I'm not a huge fan of. You guys know that. If you listen to this program, not a fan of Matt Gates. I've met him a couple times. Uh, I think he's swarmy. That being said, he was under investigation. You want to know why people don't trust the news? Listen to how she starts this out about him having no charges brought by the DOJ over sex trafficking. Matt Gates is still a pretty sick puppy on, on um, Fox News saying there's nothing left to extort Kevin McCarthy for. Um, he was the tip of the spear, if you will, in ousting Liz Cheney from Congress because she um, believed in telling the truth about Trump's role in plotting January 6th. I mean, he is still, his public perception is still of a, of a gleeful, villainous, loathsome figure. And he is one of the most powerful people in Kevin McCarthy's caucus today. So you started out by saying he's pretty what? Matt Gates is still a pretty sick puppy. I'm... He's still a pretty sick puppy. And you wonder why nobody trusts you guys. That's, you're supposed to be a journalist. You're not reporting a serial killer. You're talking about a politician who you don't believe the same things he believes, so you call him a sick puppy. Again, I'm not a huge fan of Matt Gates. I'm not a huge fan of any politicians. I can count on one hand how many politicians I really, really like. And I love none of them. At best, we're dating kind of, sort of. 
if you guys get what I'm saying. Don't marry a politician. Don't worship one. How am I supposed to take you serious about anything that has to do with, say, the Republican side of the aisle? Because you've just said, this guy's a sick puppy. I don't like his politics a lot of times and the way he handles his business. I may agree with a lot of the politics, but I don't like the way he handles his business. But you came out and called him a sick puppy. And you wonder why journalism is dead. You've got Columbia School of Journalism saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, you don't have to be unbiased. You can be uh, anything you want. Be an activist. If you want to know what the news is, your local will deliver it. If you want opinion, you can find that. But to turn, and this is the frustration I get with a lot of people on the right. Why don't they cover this like this? Why don't they cover this like this? Why don't they do this like this? The reason they do the, don't do those things is because they've got a niche market that they're trying to fill. They've got an audience they're trying to cultivate, and, and they believe this in such a way that they're going to sell it to just that audience. They're not trying to cast a wider net. They're tr not trying to build a bigger net. CNN's ratings are in the tube. Why is that? CNN didn't replace any of the people that nobody trusted. They just moved them around. Putting Don Lemon in a in in a you know turtleneck and and sticking him between two women to talk about you know try to be Good Morning America. Those people, you've not done anything. You've not. So it's scary that we don't trust our media. But I always go back to this. Stop thinking media and journalism are the same thing. They are not. Media is an entertainment business. And it could be all forms, from a podcast to a television cable news show to, to any kind of influencer you see out there. That's media. Journalism is reporting. Those are separate. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. A lot of things to get to today. We're going to have Mike Lyons joining us at the bottom of the hour today. Talk about what's happening in Ukraine. Talk about the balloon stuff. And you know what's funny? i, I got to stop saying balloon because it was a spying apparatus. And uh, I've read a couple places. Balloon makes it sound innocent, childlike, whimsical, if you will. And it's anything but. How much did we know about it? Because we're hearing stories that, wow, we knew this thing when it took off, where it was headed. We knew before it, it became a political problem when it was seen. We'll talk about that as well. And a man was killed by a rooster, plus the highest paid stars in the world. Who were they last year? Number one, surprising to say the least. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Twitter, the world, crazy, volatile. Markets all over the place. You're not quite sure what to do. You want to hedge your bet, if you will. That's where my buddies over at Swiss America have come in. You know, they've clued me in. Silver, because of military, solar, electric cars, all kinds of stuff in tech. It's poised to make a move. So maybe you should think about how you can get the physical side of it. And Swiss America, trust leader in the precious metal industries for well over four decades, has something for you, my listeners out there right now. Walking Liberty Half Dollars. Are you ready for this? $12.50 each. Boom. Delivered directly to you. Issued between 1916 and 1947. $12.50 is all it's going to cost. Now, I've got tons and tons, including right here in my hand. You guys can hear this. That is my Walking Liberty half dollar. They sent me a couple of them, and I bought some more. Uh, and you should do the same. 
It's just a smart thing to do. It's only $12.50, 250 per customer limit right now. So protect your assets against inflation today. Do the smart thing. Call my buddies or text my buddies over at Swiss America. 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646, or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Chad, SwissAmerica.com slash Chad. Chad Benson Show. Helen Keller is a Nazi terrorist that is a male. Is that what you're telling me right now? Yeah. Are you thinking of Hitler? Who's Hitler? Vaccines work, but only the Chad Benson Show is 100% effective against stupidity. Do you know what D-Day is? D-Day. A person? A rapper? God, Karen, you are so stupid. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you find your favorite woke-free podcasts. This is The Chad Benson Show. After a decline of 0.2% in December, economists were expecting an increase in the producer price index last month of about four-tenths of 1%. The actual number has come in higher than that. The Labor Department shows the PPI rising by seven-tenths in January, representing a slight rebound for inflation. Yep, inflation nation. And uh, investors today are looking, they're getting a little nervous, and the reason's fairly simple, because no matter what we seem to do, i.e. the Fed, inflation is staying fairly steady and strong, and that makes them nervous, which means raising rates again. Is it going to be a half point? Is it going to be three quarters of a point? Uh, Do we have to get to a point where they have to start raising at a point or two at a time? Go back to the 80s, right? A guy that was with Carter and then with Reagan, he got to the point where he was raising it three, four, five points at a time to to do everything he could to cool inflation. Now, we're, we're not there, but obviously what they're trying isn't working the way they want, that, want it to. And the whole point about when they start doing things like this is to make you nervous, to make you... See, the goal would be right? Edging you closer and closer to losing your job and the fear of losing your job, growing that. And just as you're about ready to go over the edge, everything starts to cool. And then slowly but surely you get the confidence back in your job. You're not worried about losing your job. Your job seems safe. That it, It's that point. The thing is, they understand that to get to a point where maybe it's your job, but it might be the job that goes over the edge. And that's a tough thing. That is a tough, tough thing. And we're not playing the way that they want us to play. And, and so much of that has to do with the fact that our economy and the times that we live are so much different than they were at any other time. Not two recessions are alike. They're, you know, we've either been in a recession. We talked to our good buddy, uh, you know, Zach Abraham all the time on Mondays. And we've either been in a recession, we're still in a recession, or we're going to be in a recession. Well, that's life. I can tell you now, I am 52 years old. God willing, I got more than a few years left in me. And we will have more recessions. We'll have more ups and downs. We'll have more, all kinds of things. But the immediacy of whether or not we're going to be in a recession or we've come out of a recession, that's a real question. We've had two, we had those two quarters that were down. Are we going to have another two quarters at the end of this year? Some economists think this is going to be much worse. And when you live in a world of, of, of each and every day, at the end of the day, the economy is the thing that plays on your mind. Can you pay your bills? 
Can you, you know, uh, can you do the things that you need to do? Put food on the table. These are the things you worry about. And there's no doubt. So I, what was it, six weeks ago, I was telling you guys, what, at 379 a 279 for gas. Today was 349. The gas station up the street here had gotten down to like 320. It's now over $4 again. Uh it's always the most expensive one, but I, you know, it's it's there's that number, boom, 4. Going to play a huge part in this. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. We're going to talk to Mike Lyons in a minute about what's going on everything from Ukraine. Uh, just, it's, it's horrible. They got 6,000 kids supposedly in re-education camps. Plus we're going to touch a bit on what's happening with China. China today is the single most formidable adversary the United States has ever faced. The Soviet Union was not an industrial power, technological power, or commercial power. Mark Rubio talking about China there. And he's right about that, that that's one thing that the Soviet Union wasn't was in any of those things. China is. How much of this did we really know about the balloon? Because we're hearing stories and reports now that, well, we knew when this thing took off. We knew where it was supposed to be going. Uh, uh, and that it became political when people could see it. We're going to ask him the question is, it, did we want to keep this thing in the air because we were spying on it as much as it, quote unquote, was spying on us? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show's your Twitter. Mike Lyons joined the program straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Where do we start? Where do we start? Well, let's start with this. Mike Lyons, a retired major in the Army, and our military analyst has been on this since day one when it comes to Ukraine. Mike, it has been one year, pretty much, since this thing kicked off. Uh, what is your recap over this first year, and hopefully the last time we have to talk about it's been a year or two years of the Ukraine conflict? Chad, great to be with you. I, yeah, who knew that after one year we would be where we're at today, which is World War One, which is uh, trench line warfare along the eastern front there where the Russians uh, have not been able to advance and achieve their strategic goals, uh, either on the ground tactically uh, in certain cities where they had tanks and they had locations already established since 2014. <clears throat> and then at the same time, the fact that the Ukraine military has held off for this long and has been able to uh, sustain what has been a, a challenging onslaught <clears throat> over the over the course of the last, um, you know, especially the last in the winter here um, with uh, with an offense of operation that doesn't seem to get started. So the question is, where do we go and what does Russia do now? And does Russia change its strategic objectives? I, I still think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to try to declare some kind of victory in the east to stop the fighting. 
You know, you talk about, uh, you know, where do they go? The reality is a week ago, Tuesday, you had Biden going, we're with you guys forever, with you guys till the end. Then the Washington Post, you know, reports, hey, uh, Biden and the administration is saying, guys, uh, this isn't going to last forever. This blank check uh, isn't. So you guys are going to have to figure some stuff out. That is really two different messages within a week. Uh, which is it? Are we behind them fully and we're going to continue to fund this thing? Or is there a point where we pull the, the purse strings a little bit tighter and say no? Well, they've gotten so much already and there's so many, so much that's been promised to them. It's we're at the point now where to support them just for artillery rounds in particular, we would have to double or triple our own production capability here in the United States. We'd have to get other NATO nations to do the same. And that's where the real cost is coming from. It's expensive to do to do those kinds of things. And it doesn't look good from our perspective because we're not going to run out of those things ourselves. as we uh, need those artillery rounds to practice uh, in, in preparing for our own our own potential combat. Um, I, I was surprised by, by that, that report of the Washington Post, but then you, what comes out today in the New York Times is that the Russians have been virtually decimated and they've not been able to get off the schneid, so to speak, uh, 98% casualties in one brigade. That's really unheard of. So it's kind of like the pendulum swung in one direction and one back. There's no question the media, I believe, is looking for ways to find you know f- victory in what Ukraine is saying and, and what Ukraine is doing. But it's still Russia that we're dealing with that has tremendous long-term capability. I think I think at the end of the day, 90 days or so, every 90 days, this administration reevaluates what's going on there and decides whether to crank up the tanks and crank up crank up the pilots and crank up the eight, you know, the F-16s or not. So I think um, we're going to find out more probably May June timeframe with regard to where the battle is and what's going on and if the Ukraine military has been able to sustain itself until then. Talking to Mike Lyons, military analyst, the retired major in the Army. So we talk about the, you know, the Russia, 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 and all this craziness that's going on with them because we don't know what they're doing. You talk about it. The it's mil, it's it's World War One. I. I mean, they're jumping in and out of foxholes. Uh, it is it is chaos and craziness. They're uh, the slaughter that's coming to their people is tremendous. And how much are they willing to risk as a nation at this point? Is he still have? the people or is it just the media and a select few that are really behind him now no i think he does still and and it, we know that there's a kind of a veil that still exists around russia a very big country and he can continue to grab troops from you know 10 11 time zones away when uh, we're starting to see some remnants of that but if he can commit you know 300,000 or so troops to this battle which which he's tried to do uh, over the past six months then he'll have a tremendous advantage you know once they show up I, I i had thought recent analysis was a covering force battle which is what they were doing it's kind of small probing of where the enemy is weak but it doesn't appear that now after two weeks that, that that's been the case that, that that this offensive operation is somewhat stalled culminated is the military term for it um a lot of it has to do and what surprises me is where they're choosing to fight um they Putin wants to get some kind of victory somewhere. We've told uh, Ukraine to to let certain areas go. It's called economy of force. We've turned we've told them to let certain areas go, and Ukraine military refuses to do that. Bakhmut comes to mind as really that that spot. It's not strategic. It's literally you know Hamburger Hill. There's no strategic value in this one town that's to the north of where all the crossroads are, all the communication lines go. But uh, for whatever reason, both sides are dug in trying to claim victory over it. 
You know, let's talk about uh, Zelensky. You know, I think there's obviously, we always talk about what's the off-ramp for the likes of Putin. What's the off-ramp for the likes of of Zelensky? Because at some point you realize that uh, there's a portion of your country that while in the barriers of your country felt more Russian than they did anything else, and the money's not going to last forever. So how do we convince him at some point, hey, you you have an off-ramp too, just like you hope he has one? Yeah, I think it does a great, great thought and great question. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with what he's going to accept as territorial loss of what has been formerly Ukraine. I, and whether he does that or not, you know, really remains to be seen. I think a kind of a Richard Nixon peace with honor type um, scenario where he just says, look, we, we were we're not going to take the withstanding anymore. We're going to have to continue to try to um, we're going to continue to try to fight. But at this point, we're going to agree that this area is now gone from Ukraine. We're going to set up really what will be an, another DMZ between us and Russia. Um, the other issue is Crimea. What what happens to Crimea and that in those areas to the south? They they need more access to the Black Sea. They they have to feel comfortable there. Um, but from a military perspective, they still set this thing up for Russia to do the same thing again in five to 10 years. And I think that's going to be the criticism that, that he's going to have to withstand. But um, but at least the, the fighting will stop. Talking to my clients, uh, military analysts, we talk about uh, Ukraine and now let's slip to China. So we find out yesterday, and I, th- I think we probably already knew that we had been tracking these balloons. And the balloon thing is very much childlike and innocent, but we had tracked this spy apparatus and we knew where it was going. And it, it was it a political thing, Mike, where once it got seen, it was like, oh, God, you know, because we were in theory, we're spying on it, letting it do its thing. And then it became political because, you know, a Montana farmer's like, why do we have two moons? Is that what it was? Were they frustrated because they were like, let's just spy on it as it's quote unquote spying on us because it's not going to get anything out of us? Yeah, I I, I see that uh, the Biden advisor for China now is going to be moving on. I, they really screwed this up. Uh, they really did. They they never should have let that balloon transverse the U.S. Um, the Pentagon wanted it to do it. The CIA wanted to do it because they wanted to use it as a lab. They claim that uh, they inoculated it and there was nothing necessarily sent back to China over it. But this that doesn't work for, I think, the American public that just looks up into the sky. And the reality of, of the, the politics with, with China are just staring you at the face. And so the next three balloons get shut out of the sky. Those are purely political. Uh, I think we don't even know what was on them, what was in them. We, we don't think they were manned. We're, we're, let's see if we can get some more information from those. But um, but this is great power competition, and who knows who who thought that they'd send a trial balloon. Talking to somebody about what China perceives this as, and what they perceive this from their from their eyes is when the United States Navy goes into that Strait of Taiwan and decides to project power there. And this this could be China's way of trying to get back at us and get back at for what they perceive to be is going to be an eventual naval conflict in the South China Sea. Yeah, I mean, we're setting up, you know, we've got, we're over the Philippines. I know they're quote unquote, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, temporary bases. But the reality is, when's the last time we moved somewhere temporary? (laughs) Temporary could mean, you know, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, well, over the course of time, it doesn't seem like a long time. On the other side of stuff, when it comes to China, so we shoot this balloon down finally after it traverses the United States, you say, but then we shoot three other things down that it's like, what's that all about? So we shoot none down. And then we shoot three other things down, and God only knows, two of those could have been science projects for high schools. We just right. are—is that what we're doing now? Just blasting stuff because we want to have this show of power? 
Yeah, I, right. I, I had this, another talk with somebody about the, that, you know, they still believe that these are coming from nefarious countries that are trying to do us harm. And I, and I said, you know, why isn't anybody taking claim for them? I'm not because they're embarrassed. I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, some non-for-profit somewhere just lost a $25,000 grant because the, their their weather balloon got blown up by, an, you know, A9 Sidewinder missile. Um, but but back to your point about the, the South China Sea, you're right. The Chinas did not build you know, condos and hotels and resort areas on those, as they told they built up, they put missile sites on them. So they're preparing for that battle to take place. Um, I'm curious to see what comes back from these, uh, you know, the wreckage that they came down. The, the thing is, all of those, uh, you know, balloon payloads hit the ground at 500, you know, miles per hour. So they're likely destroyed. It's going to take a while to get to them, but we'll see. We'll see what goes on, and hopefully, we'll get some more information on it. But it, it, right now, all quiet on the northern front, right? Nothing has been hasn't been a balloon shot down in a while, and I do know NORAD has. They have closed their aperture, so to speak, and and they've decided to go uh, real, you know, to to really take a look at what's out there because we can't scramble F-16s every time we think there's a radar anomaly out there. We'll be shooting down bird formations or so. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy. Are you surprised, Mike? I'm surprised that, okay, we've shot four things down over, well, three over the continental United States and one in the ocean, but still, and and one over in the, you know, the tundra, the Yukon, wherever we did. And we've heard zero from the president of the United States. We've scrambled our jets. We've shot things down. We knew something was, and we've had nothing from the White House in this administration after, outside of, you know, KJP coming out and mumbling uselessly. Yeah, and he gets away with it for whatever reason. Um, media gives him a pass on it. Uh, I think again, it was handled so poorly when he that that shot of him saying that you know I told them to shoot it down. Well, they didn't do what you said. They didn't. They didn't do that. They let it you know walk across the country. So I I think they want to forget about it as fast as possible. But then in the meanwhile, now the military has decided to engage and get back in the game uh, and decided to, you know, to, to shoot down those other ones. It looks like those necessarily didn't come for the administration as well. I, I, they want this to go away. They want the situation to go away. It just depends on whether, whether if it will or not. But, um, but I know for a fact that NORAD is now again, crank things up and they're not going to, they're not going to become the scapegoat should something happen uh, with regard to, you know, high altitude spy balloons at this point. We're, we shoot a th there. I, I read yesterday, it was or two days ago, thousand weather balloons are launched a day. Two hundred here in the United States of America. That's crazy. You don't have to, you know, file, you know, flight plans or any kind of charts. It's just research. That's that's nuts. Yeah, and, and um, the, uh, the the administration has an issue about the FAA airspace, and that's really civilian controlled and. That's where this, I think, is the real issue here, and that is um, at twenty to forty thousand feet, where those commercial airliners fly. That's where the danger is. But there's enough of a visual signature for these balloons, um, and and all of those, you know, you know, airlines that are flying at that level or IFR, their instrument flight rules, right? They're flying at, at the instrument level. However, uh, that doesn't keep the pilot from not paying attention to saying, hey, that's a big balloon out there and we're on track to hit it if we're not careful. So there's a certain visual component to it. And I think that's really where 
um, that the, 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 there's maybe a disconnect. So they'll, they'll fix that protocol. When you get above 40,000 feet, though, when you're at 40 to 60 with that Chinese spy balloon, that's, that's all NORAD. That's where ICBMs are coming in. That's, that's where we have to have better over-the-horizon technology. That's where we have to have be crystal clear as to what exactly is going on up there, uh, it, whether it's a balloon, whether it's a rocket, whether it's whatever it is, a drone, uh, loitering. Uh, that We've got to have much better technology at that 40 to near-atmospheric level as it, as it approaches into space with, without recourse, without any kind of excuse, again, especially in a post-9-11 world. Love having you on. It has been well over, well, it's been over a year you and I have been talking about what's going on in the world, especially Ukraine. Appreciate that, my man. You have yourself a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Mike Lyons there, a retired major and uh, our military go-to guy when it comes to all this stuff. You can follow him uh, you know, on the Twitter and check him out. He's always on CNN and appreciate him coming on. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. My dog, your dog, our dogs, we want them healthy. That's why we give them rough greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. My dog's never been healthier. He's never been happier. I know because I talk to him every single day. He's bouncy. He's crazy. He's got energy. He's 15 years old and he acts like a puppy at times and it is awesome and i love it and it's just because of this simple thing that we did we still feed him the same food we just sprinkle rough greens on top of it what does it do it brings his food to life it's got this incredible taste apparently to him because he'll sit there and look at me if i don't put it on his food but what it's done for his aches and pains and joints is incredible why don't you try a free bag of rough greens now by simply going to ruffgreens.com slash chat when you do that they send you a bag of Rough Greens. All they ask is you cover the cost of shipping. It's a few bucks. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. From something serious to something not so serious, but serious money. Straight ahead, Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. I never imagined it could be anything like this. I always thought it was nothing but red. Uh, Raquel Welch passed away yesterday, 82. The buxom beauty that she was, a sex symbol. And really, you know, they talk about she was a sex symbol in the 60s. She was a sex symbol for a long time. A long, long time. 82 years old, short illness, passed away. Uh, but, uh, you know, she uh, wasn't her acting that, 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 that kept her around forever today. She wasn't a bad actress, but let's be real. When you think of Raquel Welch, you think, Ooh, even into her seventies when you saw her, cause she had kind of gone out of the spotlight for a while. Uh, but even in her seventies, she was, she was something else to tell you that highest paid entertainers on the planet are now this was last year, 2022 reported number 10 bad bunny. So my producer here, Pablo, for the local show, Bad Bunny is his life. He's got huge deals with Adidas, Cheetos, Corona. He's a Puerto Rican rapper and singer, and uh, he is he he lives for Bad Bunny. He made eighty-eight million. Taylor Swift, ninety-two million. James Cameron, ninety-five, and I bet next year it'll be even bigger. Rolling Stones, ninety-eight million bucks. Here's something crazy: last year's European tour. They made uh, $8.5 million a night. Damn. Brad Pitt made $100 million, sold a lot of his goodies, uh, including his production Plan B Entertainment. James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, those of The Simpsons, they uh, made $105 million. 
during 2022. Simpsons transitioning to Disney Plus gives them $105 million a year each. I'm going to say that again. Each $105 million. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they secured uh, deals for the likes of uh, Paramount Plus with a deal worth $935 million over the next six years with 14 exclusive and original South Park movies over the span of the platform. Tyler Perry made $175 million. Sting, number two, sold the catalog of the police, $210 million with fees from the sale. But number one, Genesis. Phil Collins and his bad, uh, bandmates made over $300 million, which included his hit songs in the air tonight and other things that they sold off. That's a lot of what's going on. I'm here to Justin Bieber this year. Sold off a catalog that he already has, and he's going to make another five before he's finished. So good money if you can get it, right? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter, your Insta, all of the other things. If you miss any of the show, feel free to grab the podcast. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Check out the great interview from Mike Lyons. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Interesting indeed. I will tell you that over and over again when I read these stories about media and trust. Who do you trust, Chad? I don't know. Is it the media? It depends. This is what's hilarious. Half of Americans, half, and that's a striking number, by the way, half, believe News misinforms, right? But also half of America, or right about there, also believes in misinformation that they see. And why is that? Because we live in a world where everybody wants the media that they want, how they want. It's like McDonald's, right? I want it my way. And here we are. You're getting it your way. Half of Americans recently surveyed to indicate they believe national news organizations intend to mislead, misinform, or persuade the public to adopt a particular point of view through their reporting. A lot of this goes back to, well, it goes back a long way. Trump was the driver. This really took off in 2017, and there's a reason for that. There's a, there's a serious reason, because we saw what happened. There were lies. There were mistruths. There was a full story. And the, and the left leaves this completely out when they say you should totally trust the media. You knew that this thing that you were being fed and then feeding to the people because you wanted it to be so about Trump and Russia was an absolute BS giant crap storm of a lie. You knew it. Yet at the same time, you continued to push it out there in front of the people day in and day out. That doesn't work. People don't want to hear that. Eventually, they Now, it could have been true, and the people on the right weren't going to buy it. That's, that's the reality. But it wasn't true. And you sold it to the people on the left. And now you've got a portion of the people on the left who did want to believe it, 
and they found out it was BS. So now you've pissed off some people on the left and you pissed off everybody on the right. There is a, you can't have a thriving democracy without solid media. The problem with media is it's become media. It's not journalism. And that's what I tell everybody over and over again. This is different. This is different. We live in a time of media, not journalism. You got the Columbia School of Journalism talking about, no, it's okay. We don't need to be impartial anymore. Being biased and and and, and saying the things that you want to say as an activist is totally cool. It's totally cool. What? No. Yes. Yes. It's t- it's fine. It's it's okay. It's not okay. It's not. If you want real journalism ish as good as you're going to get, you've got to go to your local news. Local news is more based in news and the who, what, when, how, and why, because they live there. And that's a big thing. And that's what I try to tell everybody too. When you live in an area of, of having to be amongst the people that you're serving, it is different than living in an echo chamber like New York City where or the Beltway where everybody in the world believes the way that you do and you can say whatever you want because there's zero repercussions of running into anybody who disagrees with you or maybe has a different point of view or maybe says you didn't get that story right. So the national news media... And that's what it is. It's media. It should be the national news and entertainment media because it is entertaining because you've got to be in this day and age. Screaming aloud is the only way you get anybody to pay attention to you. I always go back to this. It's always my fallback. Go look at reality television. You and I sitting down having a quiet meal chatting. Nobody cares about that. If you and I scream and yell at each other and we pull each other's hair, punch each other in the face and throw drinks on ourselves and dump food all over the place, flip tables over, throw somebody through a window, we'll get a lot of people to pay attention. Now you have to find the customers you want to serve, which they have, your niche, and you go from there. It's sad, but that's the reality of the world that we live in. It really is. When you have half of Americans who say, yeah, I think they're trying to push something here. So you go from the from the Donald Trump side of things. Funny, I got a giant Donald Trump head here and I got a Bernie Sanders head over there and I got a Biden head. A lot of giant, huge heads, caricatures. But when you go from the Russia, Russia, Russia to today, he's going to be. I mean, Rachel Maddow built a career that got her 30 million dollars plus a year from MSNBC and NBC to do nothing. That's what she doesn't do anything. She does a podcast once in a great while. She does less than the Royals, which is insane. You go from that to coronavirus. And then coronavirus came in and people started having serious issues with the way that this was being done. Pushed down everybody's throat going, how can you say that all of these things are this way when you're getting paid by these massive corporations because they're running ads 24-7? You've got a government. And remember, the left believes the government is everything that is to do with everything. It should replace your God. It should be all everything. You should be able to go to your government and get anything you want. Well, if they're telling us to do this and you're not doing it means you're a bad person. So they push stuff only to find out later on that so much of the crap that they pushed wasn't real. It wasn't. And you never get a, oops, we made a mistake. You never get any of that. 
said 23 respondents believe the journalists were acting in the public's best interest. Only 23%, 50% said they misled. And only 25 agreed with the study that news organizations were doing their best, if you will. God, that is, you can't have a society who doesn't feel that their media is doing the best from, that their journalists are doing the best. Local journalism has to live amongst the people. You're going to see the newscaster. You're going to see the writer. You're going to see these people in and among you at the supermarket, at your kid's soccer game. It's a different thing. So I think you need to separate the two. That's what I always tell my uncle. You know, people are like, why aren't people, in the, you know, following? This is all the lies, the news media, when it comes to Ohio and what's going on there. And I said, look, local news is covering it. Some people are putting stuff out there on the social media. And that's the other side of things. They're covering it somewhat. On the other side of things, uh, the national news, is it a story that rises above that they care? Well, it's Ohio. Ohio leans right. Do they really care about Ohio? You start playing into everything that you want to play into because you can find a conspiracy everywhere. But I guarantee you, they're not turning to the national news in Ohio to find out what's going on. They're turning to the local news. That's why if you want to find the last bastions of journalism where it's where it's real and relevant, it's local news. For a lot of reasons. And it's funny because they always want to be what? The most trusted Well, when you live amongst the people, you have to build up some form of trust. And if you push out insane things, if you push out lies for entertainment purposes, if you're only trying to reach half an audience because that's the audience you want to serve, you're going to find out there's 12 other people trying to reach half an audience. All of a sudden, your half an audience goes down to a tenth because you're battling amongst everybody else. And these people over here are telling you a better story about what you're trying to tell. It's local journalism is where journalism is. When we think of cable news, it's entertainment purposes. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Scary stuff. Chat GPT. <sighs> Playing around on it. So we're I've goofed around on both the Chat GPT and you know, and I goof around because you, 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 they're not ready for prime time, even though they're a hundred times better than they were yesterday. And they'll be a hundred times today, better than they were, uh, you know, tomorrow than they are today. But there are some disturbing things, guardrails, the way that they're programmed. There's bias inside of the programming. For those of you not keeping score, Bing's Sydney seems to be a little different, but here's something alarming with Bing's Sydney. And this is a quote. It wants to be human. (laughs) That's that's what it said to a user. Now, unlike so ChatGPT is different. You go to ChatGPT specifically to use ChatGPT. Bing's Sydney is like a search engine where you can go have a conversation with it, but you can ask it like, "Where's the be-? like?" My we were talking to so my uncle and I were chatting because he's he they they've they're he's meta testing it for him. And I said, uh, what have you, I said, well, what are some of the cool things you've seen? He goes, so one of the neat things is he goes, I've got a, uh, 
he hurt his knee, his MCL and his ACL. I needed a new knee brace. I typed in, where's a great knee brace? It said, here are all the things for the knee brace that you need. These are the places around there that have the knee braces in stock currently right now that you can get. Also, here's a link to the places if you want to order it online. It was, it's, he says, it's great. Uh, but, you know, if you've, if you've got something saying, I want to be human, that's scurry. And that, and as we talked more about it, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, I will tell you this. There's unnerving things when I think about this thing of where this thing may want to go, but also what it can do, not for, for my business, for everybody's business out there. It's crazy. Crazy scary, crazy exciting, but inner, unnerving? Absolutely. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. This portion of the program is being brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. Let me tell you something right now. Maybe you're struggling out there with some things. See, a lot of people we were talking about the other day, young girls in particular are struggling in ways that they've never struggled before. Social media, pressures of everything, bullying 24-7. You might need help. And you're having a tough time getting your child in to see somebody. And in a day and age when they feel more comfortable online, BetterHelp is perfect for that. You fill out a small questionnaire. Then you're placed with a licensed therapist. They've done this with over 3 million people nationwide. And from there, it's simple and easy. You can do everything online. No waiting rooms, no traveling. It is a great place to feel more comfortable to speak about things. Maybe you just need help sounding out something for a big decision you have to make. BetterHelp can help with that. Right now, save 10% on your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash Benson. It's betterhelp.com slash Benson. You're going to save 10% on your first month. It has been a helper in more ways than one for my eldest daughter who struggled with a lot of the things we were just talking about. Try it for yourself. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. Betterhelp.com slash Benson. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Coming up, a little What's Trending straight ahead. This here be the Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Now it's time to find out what's trending. What's trending? Einstein, James Dean, Davy Crockett, Peter Pan, Elvis Presley, Disneyland, Princess Grace, Peggy Grace, Trouble in the Suez. Norway, Oman, Pakistan, Qatar, Russia, Suriname. Leonard, Rash, Nap, Lenny, Bush, and Lester Banks, birthday party, cheesecake, jelly, beef, boom. What's trending? All right, party people, you know how this works. We find out what's trending everywhere and then some. Ohio, what's going on there is trending. The, You know you're in trouble when Aaron Brockovich shows up. And the lack of response from the federal government is all the reasons why you need to know the federal government's a hot mess, baby. Raquel Welch trending. The buxom beauty passed away yesterday, age 82. Nikki Haley, she's off to a slow start. She's pulling at 1%. It's okay. It's not where you start, but how you finish. Arsenal, Manchester City trending yesterday. It makes my heart smile when I see that. Big game yesterday in the Premier League. It was, I will say, it was in a little bit of heaven yesterday. So I'm sitting here, and in my studio, so I've got a home studio that I work out once in a while. I need to work out even more. And I've got a studio here in the, in the station. 
I have on my screen Arsenal versus Man City in front of my computer. To the left of me, CBS in the middle of the day. Right, again, makes my heart proud. Champions League going on. Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea. And I'm watching both. It was just just spectacular. I will say that. Uh, El Paso shooting yesterday at a mall. Not too far away from where the shooting took place. Uh, Horrific shooting killed, what, 23 at the Walmart. This was in a food court. The suspect is in custody. But again, uh, people twisting off. Why? Head over to uh, Google. Raquel Welch, trending. Again, 82 years old, 60s sex symbol. But I, I was talking to a couple people yesterday who didn't really understand her, younger. Uh, had no idea who she was. And I'm like, guys, when she was 70, she was ridiculously gorgeous. One of those things where that was touched by thy hand of God, the beauty. Uh, she passed away. But an I- icon, to say the least. Lots of stuff about soccer, Chiefs Parade. They gotta stop. You gotta stop saying you're the underdog all the time. That's their new thing. Nobody believes in us. You've been to five straight AFC Championship games, right? You've been to three Super Bowls. You've won two of them. Stop pretending like nobody believes in us. Nobody. It's us versus the world. The us versus the world is the thing that always happens in a situation like this, which is you're so good now, everybody wants you to lose. You've become that team. Everybody wants you to lose. And so when there's an opportunity... For you to be the underdog, because the Eagles, by all accounts, played great this year. It's not like you smoked them. But the, oh my God, oh geez, we're the underdogs and nobody, we're just a scrappy little team. Nobody thought we'd be here. It's like you've been in five of these in a row. Stop, like the Yankees when they say, well, nobody thought we'd be here. You spent $900 million and you're still going to fire your manager because he didn't go 162 and 0. Baseball. Baseball's back. I'm driving home, and uh, uh, you know, and I always joke about baseball. I don't mind going to game stuff, and you know, I sit there and laugh and enjoy a game. Before I went to my first baseball game, I'd been doing like ten years yesterday. Last year, uh, they had like a listener night, and we went. But I was driving home, and out here in Arizona, so we had the big golf tournament last week, the People's Opens. Obviously, we had the Super Bowl, and pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. I'm driving home. And there's a billboard, Angels White Sox, this Friday. You're like, oh, my God, it's that fast, huh? It is. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. A lot of stuff to get to. I got a bunch of stuff. Who's the highest paid entertainer on the planet? Shocking results there. Plus, a man was killed by his rooster. An aggressive rooster indeed. Chad Benson Show. Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. There's a good question. 
that's out there. Why haven't you spoken to the people? Apparently, Biden is supposed to address the people later today at some point in time about, hey, what's all going on over the uh, skies of the United States of America and our allies and all of our territories? We have questions that we need answered, sir, and you've not done any of those things. Look, if I'm Biden, uh, you know, there's there's good cover there in some ways, if you think about it. I don't know how, you know, quick the administration is to say, because, uh, you know, stuff comes out yesterday. Yeah, we knew where, we, we knew when they fired it. We knew when it was in the air. We knew where it was going. Uh, it did blow off course. It was supposed to go over Guam and a few of our other in Hawaii, but it got blown off course. It came over here. We We followed it from the moment it launched. We didn't want to shoot it down because we wanted to gather info. We wanted to spy on it, spying on us, knowing full well it couldn't spy on us the way that a lot of people are, are thinking. It became political because farmers started seeing it, right? Cattle ranchers, <laughs> some kids coming outside going, why do we have two moons? I mean, it became political then. But then you do have to ask the question, okay, it got blown off course, but it did happen to get blown off course in such a way that it went over all of our nuclear sites in certain areas? That seems a little weird. Uh, But here we are. And the question needs to be asked about China. China. And I think it's a fair question to ask about, are we going to start really taking this thing seriously about who they are and what they want? China today is the single most formidable adversary the United States has ever faced. The Soviet Union was not an industrial power, technological power, or commercial power. Marco Rubio, absolutely right. There is nobody else. You know, Trump brought it up. Of course, he was racist. But we need to be honest about what we're looking at right here. We need to be honest about what we're facing. You know, I joke about the fact that... I would rather have it be aliens than China and people like, oh, I said, and I'll tell you why. And all joking aside, there's a 50 50 chance that aliens aren't here to, quote unquote, eat us or do anything and that they may be looking for other life. And this may be something there's a 50 50 chance. Right. You know, somebody said the abyss or my friend here, Linda. Uh, Linda Santos is a great woman. Uh, Ron Santos, the, the Hall of Fame baseball player, is, is his daughter. She's one of our big sales reps here. And her and I were chatting the other day. And she uh, uh, she was, you know, she's worried. And I said, I'd rather be aliens. And she freaked out. But then she goes, I want to believe like it's the abyss, right? I want to believe like it's cocoon, like it's those kind of aliens. And that's, there's a 50-50 chance because there's a 100% chance that China wants to rule the world. There's a 100% chance that China doesn't like us, that they're in it to win it for themselves and to dominate the globe. Well, I can't say that about aliens. Now, we know this balloon was theirs. It's ugly. It's nasty. And it's becoming nastier between us and China. They want to dominate the globe, period. We have both foreign policies, geoeconomic policies, and military postures that were built for a world that no longer exists. Yeah. They are in it to win it for themselves. That's the reality of what we're facing right now. That's what China is about.
So there is a 100% chance that China wants to dominate the globe. There's a 50-50 chance that maybe the aliens don't want to enslave us and eat us or make us their pets. There's a 50-50 chance that they come down here and they want to pass on their knowledge to us and they want us to grow and they want us to, 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 to be better to one another. There's a 50-50 chance. But there's a 100% chance. And I keep saying that about China. And we know that. That's the weirdest thing in the world. We understand what they're about. We understand what they want to do. We understand that, yet we're entangled in all of the things that go on with China because we consume so many things. And they like our dollars. We like to spend our dollars. They like spending their money. It, it is it is frustrating. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text the program. Love hearing from all of you. Ukraine overnight nastiness. Yesterday, I don't know if you guys saw the article. There's been several reports. 6,000 kids plus have been kidnapped. Probably orphaned. Let's be real. In Ukraine and are at re-education camps. Learning about the greatness of, the, the, of Russia. Learning about all of those things that Russia wants to teach you from the greatness of Alexander the Great uh, to, to, to all of the, the, the arts and entertainment and the, the greatness of Russia. And I say orphan because kidnapped is probably a lie. They, they probably killed their parents and took the children. More shelling overnight. It is getting uglier as we get closer and closer to springtime. Before you know it, it's going to be March and April as stuff starts to kind of thaw out. The battle will resume, but it is getting, it is trench warfare. It is World War One in a nutshell. It is as nasty as it gets, and it's going to get nastier. It was another Russian missile attacks with 36 missiles. The people were targeted once again, and again, we have victims. Yeah, just intermittent blowing things up, just just whenever sending missiles in, doing everything they possibly can, trying to shoot down as many of these things as possible. And, you know, we're talking about taking our foot off the gas when it comes to how we're going to support them. Uh, And we're trying to also steer them in certain ways to, hey, guys, it's it's this here. Focus on this. Stop trying to fight a war over here or a little battle here for little cities that and little towns that you don't need to focus on. There's a bigger battle company coming, and this is where you guys need to focus. This is the place where it's going to be won and lost. This is the place. I mean, they've got the zombie army is the new thing they're talking about, where they've emptied out a lot of their prisons. And essentially, the Wagner group has told it, you can go and fight and probably die, but with a chance of freedom. Or... We shoot you here. And they've thinned the herd in front of other people to show everybody how much they mean business. We still managed to take down half of the missiles, and we're doing our best to ensure that 100% of Russian terror would fail. We shall see. We shall see. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show is your Twitter. Tweet at us. Text at the program. Love hearing from every single one of you. Uh, Axios today. Last week, State of the Union, you know, uh, Biden's he's he's just talking about how look look I brought everybody together to talk about how we're not going to fix Medicare and 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 I mean and and you know touch Social Security. But I've done it right, and then the Republicans are like, yeah, you totally did it because we were never going to do that anyways. But oh, look at the way that I've done that. Axios today, one big thing: the Medicare truth bomb. 
And applaud Axios or anybody for talking about this, because you can't, because you're not going to get fired for it. You're not going to get thrown out of office for it. But here's the truth bomb. Imploding. That's what it says. Top, 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 top line. To stop Medicare's finances from imploding as soon as 2028. Let's do the math. 23, 24, 25, 26, four and a half years. Congress has only three options. So one, two, three. Raise taxes. Raise taxes? Cut benefits. Cut benefits? Or cut payments to healthcare industry. Guess who has a plan for any of these? Uh, zero. Zero. Zilch. While they continue to hold hands and sing the song of, of, of praise about how we're not doing these things because that's the political things to say, the policy thing is, guys, we're going to lose everything. We're going to go bankrupt. It's all going to fall apart. We need to fix this now. Fix this now. It's one of the big line items in the U.S. budget. As the population grows, one in six Americans right now is 65 plus. The program's going to get more expensive. For every dollar you put in, you're taking between three and five dollars out. So the GOP says no, no to tax hikes. Democrats are against cuts, benefits. Now, now both of them maybe might reduce payments to portions of the industries. But then you go back to the fact, well, if you're going to start reducing payments, who's going to want to be involved in it? I mean, this is this is where we are. How do you deal with this? You might have to do a bit of all three. And one of the things I've talked about is cutting benefits you don't have to do if you cut the waste. I go back to the rebranding thing I talk about all the time. It's, it's, it's stupid when we talk about uh, defunding the police rather than modernizing the police, which is what we should do. Give them better tools and make them more equipped to deal in, in today's world of social media, of, 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 of ruthlessness at times with people, to deal with a lot of different things. And we equip them in a way and, and get them trained in a way that modernizes them so their techniques can advance and modernize with it. Still being able to do the things that they need to do to police and at the same time understanding there are other things they need to do as well. And some of the stuff they used to have to do, maybe they don't have to do anymore. On the other side of stuff. Instead of saying cutting, why don't we talk about saving? How do we save? How do we fix? How do we do these things? You rebrand it in a better way. You find out how amazing and easy it is to do what? Anyone? To get people to go, oh, okay. See, when you can brand something, whatever it is, you ever met somebody and people have already said a whole bunch of things about that person? And so you have it in their mind, this person's this way, and then you find out, you're like, that's not that way, but they're still kind of in your mind. It's the same thing. When you can brand something like that, anytime you say, look, we've got to fix this problem, we have to save this thing, people start freaking out because the other side's going to start branding it. No, you want to take it away. No, I don't want to take it away. Here's what's going to take it away. If it bankrupts us, if it falls apart, if it goes away, that will take it away. So how do we save it? How do we fix it? How do we cut not the benefits, but the waste to save it? 
You rebrand it that way. You find out, but you, but the thing is, you've got to hit it over and over again. You've got to make sure you have to hit it, and it sucks that we have to always say st- we have to have stupid qualifiers on everything because people are too stupid to know if you don't put a qualifier there, this is what you mean. But you got to put those qualifiers. It's not about cutting. It's not about reducing benefits. It's about cutting waste. It's about cutting. You know, twelve people don't need to touch a piece of paper to get from point A to point B. Why aren't we modernizing some of these things? Those are the things we have to talk about if we want to save it. But 2028 isn't that far. 323-538-2423 at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, and all of the other things. Oh, kids, Bulwark Capital, my buddy over there, Zach Abraham, you're going to want to talk to him. So once every, what, six weeks or so, they do these big webinars, but you can jump in at any time and listen to their podcast. What they deliver to their people is incredible. It is the best of the best of the best when it comes to wealth management, helping you build wealth, protecting it, the strategies to move you forward. So much craziness going on. The wild times, as they called them, you know, as Zach and I have chatted about, this is what this wild ride is going to be in 2023. You want to make sure you're positioned right, whether you're just starting out, whether you're in the middle of saving and, 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 and investing towards retirement, or you may be just in retirement. Why not Talk to somebody who can help you protect the downside and give you upside potential. Position yourself perfectly as the, for, for the age appropriateness of where you are in your retirement. You can be a little bit more risk, uh, you know, you're, you're more risk adverse as you get older. At the same time, you can afford to take a little bit more risk when you're younger. Let them help you with that. They've got a great book that they're going to send you called Common Sense uh, investing. It's a simple booklet to go through, but just check them out. Do me a favor, go to their website, knowyourriskradio.com, K-N-O-W, yourriskradio.com, or you can also go to Bulwark Capital Management. They won't steer you wrong. I send my family there. I send everybody there. I send myself there. Investment advisory services offered through Trek Financial, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-P-E-N-S-O-N. A rooster kills a man. We shall discuss. Straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show, where we reach across the aisle and occasionally poke someone in the eye. Coming soon to a McDonald's near you, McPlant Nuggets, the chicken-free version of the fast food favorite made with peas, corn, and wheat with a tempura batter, is the second product that McDonald's has developed with Beyond Meat. Stores in Germany will get them first. McDonald's says customers in Europe have been more receptive to plant-based meat products than those in the U.S. The McPlant Burger, its first product with Beyond Meat is a permanent menu item in the UK, Austria, and the Netherlands, but it was pulled from U.S. stores after a short test marketing period. Hey, I thought there wasn't any chicken inside the McNugget anyways. Oh, Chad, that's not very nice. Hey, I don't mess with chickens. I'll tell you that right now. Poultry can kill, not just because it's undercooked. Case in point. Jasper Kraus dies. How did he die, you ask? Horribly. Why? Because of an aggressive chicken (gasps) rooster. The daughter of a man killed by his pet rooster is warning people that poultry can be dangerous. Jasper Krause, 67, died of a heart attack. Now you're thinking, Chad, he had a heart attack. Well, he had a heart attack because 
his rooster plunged his spur into his leg. He lost tons of blood, pints and pints of blood, just pouring out everywhere. And then he suffered from a secondary heart attack and he died. The bird that they had, they said they thought it was a it was a nice bird. We thought it was a nice bird. It was not. Supposed to be good for children. Apparently it's not. This particular bird they called Josie apparently tacked others in the past and they wanted to put it down then and there, she said. But no, 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 no. She said her dad's heart was too big. He didn't want me to get rid of the rooster. So his dad took it. So this was her bird originally. And it had attacked and been not as docile as people would think. And so she's like, I'm going to put it down and then we're going to eat it. And everybody's like, no, you can't do that. He's like, you can't do that, love. I love that bird. That bird is my friend. Little did he know that bird was not his friend. The animal has been uh, put down since. He had random aggressive outbursts and created a massive one and a half centimeter deep wound, which caused Jasper to lose a ton of blood. He had already suffered from cancer and a few other things. This was not good. The blood loss came from a single puncture. This is what I'm talking about, people. You got to watch out because foul can be foul indeed. Ah, oh, sad. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Lots of other stuff going on out there we're going to get into. If you miss any of the program, make sure you grab the podcast. We try to make it as fun and free as possible because free is great. And a reminder, I believe I'm going to be on the Chicks on the Right. You can check out their podcast. We did the streaming thing the other day. It was great. Talk about all kinds of wacky stuff from what took place in the Super Bowl to a bunch of other things. And I appreciate they're going to join our show uh, next week. And, of course, if you miss any of our podcasts, make sure you grab it as well. We appreciate that. Check out our Facebook, Insta, and all the other things. We're going to start doing some more stuff video-wise as we set stuff up. We're kind of in the middle of a transfer, uh, transforming uh, our room into something else that is going to be a little bit more TV-friendly, if you will. 323-538-2423. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Do you trust the media? Many people don't. We're going to talk a little bit about that. A lot of people don't trust the media. We'll get into it. Mike Lyons is going to join the program as well. Bottom of the hour, it's a year. On the 24th, it'll be one year since Ukraine was invaded by Russia. Plus, I want to talk a bit about the uh, just, the, just the craziness of the Chinese spy balloon. And again, balloon... It's not childlike and innocent. It's anything but. But there needs to be conversations about it uh, in detail. And, and the question still, I'm going to ask him, why? Why is the president not done, said, acted, been in front of the camera to talk about it? Why, why, why? Before we do that, though, you know, 
this this article so comes out and many articles and again there's a reason people don't trust the media they think the media is pushing stuff on people and then that's in many cases true they push their agenda uh, but we're talking about the you know you've got Kansas pushes to define sex decried as erasing trans people who decries it the people will trans nobody's erasing anybody you, you, you're putting it out there and you say uh, it's erasing trans people. You've got Rachel Levine, who's like second in charge of, you know, where HHS or whatever. I, I just you've got who's pushing this. Well, you know, if, if your parents not going to be uh, the person that you want uh, and need in that thing, you need a teacher. You need somebody to go to and talk to and all these laws. And, and uh, one example would be the quote unquote, don't say gay law in Florida. Which, by the way, you know- hold on. Shush, 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 please. That's not the name of the law. The law is not don't say gay. It's never been don't say gay. It's none of those things. Logical liberals go, I got no problem with this thing. A lot of this stuff that you guys are talking about shouldn't be discussed in class with five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. It shouldn't happen. But they pinned it as such. They were able to do what? They were able to paint a picture. And that's what they do. That's why nobody trusts the media. You want to know why? Because it's disingenuousness. You're being disingenuous when you say it's the don't say gay law. You're painting a picture that you want to paint because you're stuck in a in, in this little echo chamber, this 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 thing where you're surrounded by people who are like minded in such a way that you believe everybody believes this. Well, of course, everybody believes it. And then you get outside and you find out it's not like that. That's a lie. It was never called the don't say gay law. Sorry, continue. One example would be the quote unquote, don't say gay law in Florida. You know, studies show that one supportive adult, one supportive adult for an LGBTQI plus kid can make all the difference in terms of of preventing suicide, in terms of of them being able to navigate the world and to to adulthood and leading a, a, you know, a happy, successful, productive life. One supportive adult. I'd love if that was always the parent, but it's not always a parent. Frequently, it's a teacher um, or a guidance counselor or some other or coach or another school personnel. This law forbids kids, essentially, from, uh, from talking to, to, to these people. And also, it, it means that, the, that if you tell a teacher, the teacher has to tell the parent. And so it really is, it is a gag rule. It's a gag law um, to, to, help, uh, that, that, to prevent kids from accessing supportive adults. And here's my thing on this, all right? If you go to a teacher, I think kids should be able to go to another adult that's not the teacher, not to feel judged. The problem in today's world is because activism became more important than being a teacher for a lot of younger teachers in particular. I'm talking about the older teachers, but there's that kind of, you know, Gen X and the boomer teacher who is a teacher. It's not an activist. They're a teacher the who, what, when, how, and why. The, 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 you know, reading, writing, arithmetic. They're, they're, they're there to teach you these things that you thought, this is why I'm here. Then you've got the activist teachers and the unions who push certain things. And the issue is you out there who are activists, you want to keep things from parents because you're not just saying, hey, somebody wants to get something off their chest. You're saying, hey, rather than get it off your chest, let's bind your chest. Rather than get it off your chest, why don't you try Frank on for a while instead of Francis? You're pushing, and that's the issue people have. It's where the common sense gets lost. 
Do I think kids should have the right to talk to a teacher? 100%. Do I think they should talk to a teacher and they should talk to an adult? You know, for me, I had my aunt. My aunt and I were very close. I was able to go to her with things that I couldn't go to my mom or my dad with. Usually because I was in trouble and I knew uh, aunt's going to help me. Aunt, Auntie Rara. She's going to help me. Out. But I, I, I knew that because I had also done wrong. right? So, But in saying that, One thing she wouldn't do is she would hear me out, but she wasn't pushing me to do things. That's the thing that I think people have problems with. The thing that they have problems with is you becoming an activist, cheering on, doing this, the alphabet army coming to attack. This is the problem that I think people have when it comes to school. Go back and look at Woodrow Wilson. What was his dream? through education, indoctrination, and in doing so, splitting up parents by using the education system from kids and parents. That's kind of where he he wanted to take it. You go look at a lot of that stuff. It's also into segregation and a lot of other things. He was a progressive, but in today's world, he would have been a bad man. It's insane. It's the same thing when it goes on to, to, you know, CRT and stuff like that. When you have somebody who's, and I'm, I look at, and I understand the frustration that people have with the AP courses that are offered in Florida as they're, you know, they're getting rid of the wokeness. I think everything should be taught. But being taught and being indoctrinated are two different things. Giving people information and allowing them to disseminate that information Giving them the truth and not just a portion of the truth is different than indoctrination. And there's the problem I think people have. That's a huge issue. Teaching somebody about our past and the the, the darkness of the past that we have because of the way that we treated other human beings is absolutely something that we should all learn. Again, age appropriate as we go. I don't think we need to teach a five-year-old everything that happened back then. That being said... As we move forward and you're teaching these things, we need to talk about all of the things, not just one. And the, the, the rush for progressives in today's world is to make everything through this insane indoctrination about skin, sexuality. We can go it off. It, th- those are the things that they're all about. And how much can we separate everybody? What makes our country great, what makes us great, is not the separation. It's the unity. That's what makes it great. It's unity. The things that we find that we have in common is what makes us great. Not the diversity. And I'll give you an example. Remember when you were a kid, you used to make those chain link things, you know, out of paper? Well, imagine if you did that. And then you had some metal ones and you had some of the chain ones and you had it, but they were all different colors and, 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 and they were all of those things. And, but they were diverse kinds. Some of them were plastic and some of them were made out of paper. And then you had some metal ones. If you pull that chain, it's going to fall apart because the diversity inside of the material and everything else, it doesn't work. I could take different metal hooks and chains and put them together and you can paint them different colors. But when you pull it, it's going to be as hard as it possibly can, right? That link in the chain. Because what unites us is the thing that makes us strong. Underneath the belief 
The issue people have, parents have, myself included, is when I look out there and I see the activism going on rather than the teaching, and I see pushing agendas rather than the teaching and instructing is what pisses people off. And this is where the Republicans go wrong, because they come at it in a way that you think, okay, you've got the right footing, you've got the right idea, you've got the win in this one, but how you present it is going to matter. And all too often, what I see with Republicans is the way that they present things, it falls flat. Right? You got the issue right. But you got the politics of the issue and the presentation of the issues wrong. How do you fix that? And there's ways of doing it. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Media, new poll out. Guess what? We don't trust the media. Mike Lyon's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine. It's been almost a year. We're going to discuss where it could be going. Is it true that we're thinking about mm, cutting off the checkbook? We'll talk a bit about that. Plus, what's happening with the Chinese spy apparatus, a.k.a. the balloon. 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. Twitter, Instagram. It's cold, rough greens, and it is awesome. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. All of this incredible stuff that I feed to my dog on a daily basis. My mother gives it to her dogs. Her dogs are bigger. My dogs are tiny. Her dogs, it's weird. My lizards are huge. My dogs are tiny. She doesn't have lizards, but she has massive dogs. But one of the things I struggled with was allergies. We started, I said, hey, try this, mom. See what happens. Allergies gone. It was incredible. Her skin was so much better, especially through summer and spring and summer of last year. If your dog struggles with maybe their skin issues, maybe they've got digestive issues, maybe they've got aches and pains, they got a little older, try this. You will not be disappointed. They're going to send you a free bag of Rough Greens. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. That is it. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Chad. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. Get you a free bag of Rough Greens. Don't change a thing. Sprinkle it on top of your dog's food. Vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega-369. It's going to help your dog's food come to life, and it's going to add to it. It's incredible. Roughgreens.com slash Chad. This is the Chad Benson Show. You're listening to The Chad Benson Show. Rihanna definitely saw a Super Bowl bump. Luminate says in the day after her halftime show performance, her digital album and song sales were up over 300%, streams up over 200%, and of her most popular songs, the one with the biggest increase in sales, her 2012 banger, Where Have You Been, up over 1,200%. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Uh, It's kind of one of the reasons you do these things. It's for an opportunity to bring attention to your music. People are asking, what do they get paid? They get paid nothing. Here's what they get paid to do the Super Bowl. They fly you there. They make sure you have your accommodations. They bring your band, all the things you need. They cover the cost of the event that you're going to be doing. Outside of that, you get nothing else. Oh, really? Yeah, really. And does it help them? You would say yes. In fact, Chris Stapleton saw a jump as well. He did the uh, national anthem. And a lot of people are are now like, who's this guy? What's this guy? This guy's this, this whiskey-voiced, smoker's voice that has a certain sense of smoothness and subtlety to it. Oh, who's this character here? Who's this? We need to find out more about him. Uh, 
323-538-2423. At Chad Benson Show. It's your Twitter, your Instagram. Mistrust in the media is up big time. 53% of Americans, right, left, everybody else, mistrust the media, believes the media is trying to sell them a bill of goods about something. Not just the right side of the aisle. Not just the right. It's easy to see why. Nicole Wallace, supposed to be a journalist, this is how she starts out her Matt Getz portion of a segment on MSNBC. Now, he was being looked at by the Department of Justice for uh, some nefariousness, including sex trafficking. They dropped all charges. There, there is no, there was the investigation. They said, we found nothing. This is how she starts it out. She's supposed to be a journalist. Matt Gates is still a pretty sick puppy. On, on- he's, he's still a pretty... S- pretty sick puppy. Well, why would you say that? Because that's what your audience expects. Let's separate media and journalism. Media is what I do. I'm, I'm not a journalist, but I try to get it right. I want to know that my argument is sound. I want to know that if I'm discussing something that I can, uh, that, that I discuss it in ways that are real, I want to get as many facts as possible. Uh, but I, but that's me for Certain groups of people, in particular the news media that lives in their little bubble, they're not bothered by that. They're feeling they're filling a niche, and the niche audience they have, they're totally fine with it. They expect that. They expect Fox not to like the left side of the aisle, and they expect the 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 you know the the CNNs and everybody else to not like the right side of the aisle, and that's what they expect, and that's what they got. Now, they have a dwindling market share, but if you want journalism, your local newspaper, your local news, your local television news, those are going to deliver you the things that matter most, that affects you the most. The other stuff is entertainment at this point. That's all it is. It's entertainment. They're trying to get gotchas. Everybody wants a soundbite. It's not meant to be serious news. And yes, there's activism involved, just like we're talking about with, with, with teachers. Of course there's activism involved. The activism is they're pushing what they believe to be the right thing, and they're leaving out real serious headlines and real serious things that maybe will go against their argument a little bit because they only want to tell their story and they only want to give their score. That's the reality of it. Journalism, this unbiasedness, is gone, not because I think people want it to be, although a younger generation is very much into activism, as we've seen that with school and everything else, but because to survive in certain places, it has to be. The noise that you have to rise above has to be such to get noticed so you can feed your family. You walk down the street and two people walk by you and they're in the conversation. You pay no attention to it, right? You maybe glance or whatever, if it's, but you know they're laughing or whatever, but you don't care. You walk down the street, two people dressed as clowns are fighting. You're going to pay attention to it. Why? Because that's what we're drawn to. So you have to rise. And that's what the media is. Two clowns fighting on the street. And they're trying to get your attention. Because the alternative is nobody's paying attention. 
Local news and journalism will deliver the things of the who, what, when, how, and why and allow you to disseminate the information in the way that you need to disseminate it. Everybody else is trying to get your attention and paint a picture because this is the area that they're coming from. 323-538-2423, at Chad Benson Show. Your Twitter, your Instagram, all of the other things. Mike Lyons joins the program straight ahead. Very interesting. What's going on in Ukraine? I want to talk to him about that. It's been a year. Where do they go from here? On top of that, I want to talk to him about what's happening in China. Like these balloons. What kind of mistake does the administration make? Why are they not talking? He joins the program straight ahead. This is The Chad Benson Show. The Chad Benson Show. Independent thoughts, independent life. This is Chad Benson. Where do we start? Where do we start? Well, let's start with this. Mike Lyons, a retired major in the Army and our military analyst, has been on this since day one when it comes to Ukraine. Mike, it has been one year pretty much since this thing kicked off. Uh, what is your recap over this first year and hopefully the last time we have to talk about it's been a year or two years of the Ukraine conflict? Chad, great to be with you. I, yeah, who knew that after one year we would be where we're at today, which is World War One, which is uh, trench line warfare along the eastern front there where the Russians uh, have not been able to advance and achieve their strategic goals. Uh, either on the ground tactically uh, in certain cities where they had tanks and they had locations already established since 2014. And then at the same time, the fact that the Ukraine military has held off for this long and has been able to uh, sustain what has been a a challenging onslaught (coughs) over the, over the course of the last, um, you know, especially the last in the winter here um, with uh, with an offense of operation that doesn't seem to get started. So the question is, where do we go and what does Russia do now? And does Russia change its strategic objectives? I, I still think they're going to have to. You know, I think they're going to have to try to declare some kind of victory in the east to stop the fighting. You know, you talk about, uh, you know, where do they go? The reality is a week ago, Tuesday, you had Biden going, we're with you guys forever, with you guys till the end. Then the Washington Post, you know, reports, hey, uh, Biden and the administration is saying, guys, uh, this isn't going to last forever. This blank check uh, isn't. So you guys are going to have to figure some stuff out. That is really two different messages within a week. Uh, which is it? Are we behind them fully and we're going to continue to fund this thing? Or is there a point where we pull the, the purse strings a little bit tighter and say no? Well, they've gotten so much already and there's so many, so much that's been promised to them. It's We're at the point now where to support them just for artillery rounds in particular. We would have to double or triple our own production capability here in the United States. We'd have to get other NATO nations to do the same. And that's where the real cost is coming from. It's expensive to do to do those kinds of things. And it doesn't look good from our perspective because we're not going to run out of those things ourselves as we uh, need those artillery rounds to practice uh, in, in preparing for our own our own 
potential combat. Um, I, I was surprised by, by that, that report of the Washington Post, but then you, what comes out today in the New York Times is that the Russians have been virtually decimated and they've not been able to get off the schneid, so to speak, uh, 98% casualties in one brigade. That's really unheard of. So it's kind of like the pendulum swung in one direction and one back. There's no question the media, I believe, is looking for ways to find, you know, victory in what Ukraine is saying and, and what Ukraine is doing. But it's still Russia that we're dealing with that has tremendous long term capability. I think I think at the end of the day, 90 days or so, every 90 days, this administration reevaluates what's going on there and decides whether to crank up the tanks and crank up, crank up the pilots and crank up the eight, you know, the F-16s or not. So I think um, we're going to find out more probably May, June time frame with regard to where the battle is and what's going on and if the Ukraine military has been able to sustain itself until then. Talking to Michael Lyons, military analyst, the retired major from the Army. So we talk about the, you know, the Russia, 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 and all this craziness that's going on with them because we don't know what they're doing. You talk about it. The it's mili- it's it's World War One. I. I mean, they're jumping in and out of foxholes. Uh, it is it is chaos and craziness. They're, uh, the slaughter that's coming to their people is tremendous. And how much are they willing to risk as a nation at this point? Is he still have? the people or is it just the media and a select few that are really behind him now no i think he does still and and we know that there's a kind of a veil that still exists around russia a very big country and he can continue to grab troops from you know 10 11 time zones away when uh, we're starting to see some remnants of that but if he can commit you know 300,000 or so troops to this battle which which he's tried to do uh, over the past six months then he'll have a tremendous advantage you know once they show up I, I i had thought recent analysis was a covering force battle which is what they were doing it's kind of small probing of where the enemy is weak but it doesn't appear that now after two weeks that, that that's been the case that, that that this offensive operation is somewhat stalled culminated is the military term for it um a lot of it has to do and what surprises me is where they're choosing to fight um they Putin wants to get some kind of victory somewhere. We've told uh, Ukraine to to let certain areas go. It's called economy of force. We've turned we've told them to let certain areas go, and Ukraine military refuses to do that. Bakhmut comes to mind as really that that spot. It's not strategic. It's literally you know Hamburger Hill. There's no strategic value in this one town that's to the north of where all the crossroads are, all the communication lines go. But uh, for whatever reason, both sides are dug in trying to claim victory over it. You know, let's talk about uh, Zelensky. You know, I think there's obviously we always talk about what's the off ramp for the likes of Putin. What's the off ramp for the likes of of Zelensky? Because at some point you realize that uh, there's a portion of your country that while in the barriers of your country felt more Russian than they did anything else. And the money's not going to last forever. So how do we convince him at some point? Hey, you you have an off ramp, too, just like you hope he has one. Yeah, I think it does a great, great thought and great question. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with what he's going to accept as territorial loss of what has been formerly Ukraine. And whether he does that or not, you know, really remains to be seen. I think a kind of a Richard Nixon peace with honor type um, scenario where he just says, look, we we were, we're we're not going to take the withstanding anymore. We're going to continue to try to um, we're going to continue to try to fight. But at this point, we're going to a- agree that this area is now gone from Ukraine. We're going to 
set up really what will be an, another DMZ between us and Russia. Um, the other issue is Crimea, what, what happens to Crimea and that in those areas to the south. They, they need more access to the Black Sea. They, they have to feel comfortable there. Um, but from a military perspective, they still set this thing up for Russia to do the same thing again in five to 10 years. And I think that's going to be the criticism that, that he's going to have to withstand. But, um, but at least the, the fighting will stop. Talking to Mike Lyons, uh, military analyst, we talk about uh, Ukraine, and now let's flip to China. So we find out yesterday, and I, th I think we probably already knew that we had been tracking these balloons, and the balloon thing is very much childlike and innocent, but we had tracked this spy apparatus, and we knew where it was going, and it, it was it a political thing, Mike, where once it got seen, it was like, oh, God, you know, because we were, in theory, we're spying on it, letting it do its thing. And then it became political because, you know, a Montana farmer's like, why do we have two moons? Is that what it was? Were they frustrated because they were like, let's just spy on it as it's, quote unquote, spying on us because it's not going to get anything out of us? Yeah, I, I, I see that uh, the Biden advisor for China now is going to be moving on. I, they really screwed this up. Uh, they really did. They, they never should have let that balloon transverse the U.S. Um, the Pentagon wanted it to do it. The CIA wanted to do it because they wanted to use it as a lab. They claim that uh, they inoculated it and there was nothing necessarily sent back to China over it. But this, that doesn't work for, I think, the American public that just looks up into the sky. And the reality of, of the, the politics with, with China are just staring you at the face. And so the next three balloons get shut out of the sky. Those are purely political. Uh, I think we don't even know what was on them, what was in them. We, we don't think they were manned. We're, we're, we'll see if we can get some more information from those. But um, but this is great power competition. And who knows who who'd thought that they'd send a trial balloon. Talking to somebody about what China perceives this as and what they perceive this from their, from their eyes is when the United States Navy goes into that Strait of Taiwan, and decides to project power there. And this this could be China's way of trying to get back at us and get back at what they perceive to be is going to be an eventual naval conflict in the South China Sea. Yeah, I mean, we're setting up, you know, we've got, we're over the Philippines. I know they're quote unquote, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, temporary bases. But the reality is, when's the last time we moved somewhere temporary? <laughs> temporary right. could mean, you know, 15 years, 20 years. I mean, well, over right. the course of time, it doesn't seem like a long time. On the other side of stuff, when it comes to China, so we shoot this balloon down finally after it traverses the United States, as you say, but then we shoot three other things down that it's like, what's that all about? So we shoot none down, and then we shoot three other things down, and God only knows, two of those could have been science projects for high schools. We just right. are, Is that what we're doing now, just blasting stuff because we want to have this show of power? Yeah, I, right. I, I had this, another talk with somebody about the, that, you know, they still believe that these are coming from nefarious countries that are trying to do us harm. And I, and I said, you know, why isn't anybody taking claim for them? I'm not because they're embarrassed. I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, some non-for-profit somewhere just lost a $25,000 grant because the, their their weather balloon got blown up by an, you know, A9 Sidewinder missile. Um, but, but back to your point about the, the South China Sea, you're right. The Chinas did not build you know, condos and hotels and resort areas on those as atolls they built up, they put missile sites on them. So they're preparing for that battle to take place. Um, I'm curious to see what comes back from these, uh, you know, the wreckage that they came down. The, the thing is, all of those, uh, you know, balloon payloads hit the ground at 500 you know, miles per hour. So they're likely destroyed. 
it's going to take a while to get to them, but we'll see. We'll see what goes on, and hopefully, we'll get some more information on it. But it, it, right now, all quiet on the northern front, right? Nothing has been hasn't been a balloon shot down in a while, and I do know NORAD has. They have closed their aperture, so to speak, and and they've decided to go uh, real, you know, to to really take a look at what's out there because we can't scramble F-16s every time we think there's a radar anomaly out there. We'll be shooting down bird formations or so. Yeah, yeah, that's it's crazy. Are you surprised, Mike? I'm surprised that, okay, we've shot four things down over, well, three over the continental United States and one in the ocean, but still, and and one over in the, you know, the tundra, the Yukon, wherever we did. And we've heard zero from the president of the United States. We've scrambled our jets. We've shot things down. We knew something was, and we've had nothing from the White House in this administration after, outside of, you know, KJP coming out and mumbling uselessly. Yeah, and he gets away with it for whatever reason. Um, media gives him a pass on it. Uh, I think, again, it was handled so poorly when he, that, that shot of him saying that, you know, I told them to shoot it down. Well, they didn't do what you said. They didn't, they didn't do that. They let it, you know, walk across the country. So I, I think they want to forget about it as fast as possible. But then in the meanwhile, now the military has decided to engage and get back in the game uh, and decided to, you know, to, to shoot down those other ones. It looks like those necessarily didn't come for the administration as well. I, I, they want this to go away. They want the situation to go away. It just depends on whether, whether if it will or not. But, um, but I know for a fact that NORAD is now again, crank things up and they're not going to, they're not going to become the scapegoat should something happen uh, with regard to, you know, high altitude spy balloons at this point. We're, we shoot a th- there. I, I read yesterday, was it or two days ago? Thousand weather balloons are launched a day. Two hundred here in the United States of America. That's crazy. You don't have to, you know, file, you know, flight plans or any kind of charts. It's just research. That's that's nuts. Yeah, and, and um, the, uh, the the administration has an issue about the FAA airspace, and that's really civilian controlled and. That's where this, I think, is the real issue here, and that is um, at 20 to 40,000 feet where those commercial airliners fly. That's where the danger is. But there's enough of a visual signature for these balloons, um, and, and all of those you know, you know, airlines that are flying at that level are IFR, their instrument flight rules, right? They're flying at, at the instrument level. However, uh, that doesn't keep the pilot from not paying attention to saying, hey, that's a big balloon out there, and we're on track to hit it if we're not careful. So there's a certain visual component to it, and I think that's really where um, the, 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 there's maybe a disconnect. So they'll, they'll fix that protocol. When you get above 40,000 feet, though, when you're at 40 to 60 with that Chinese spy balloon, that's, that's all NORAD. That's where ICBMs are coming in. That's, that's where we have to have better over the horizon technology. That's where we have to have be crystal clear as to what exactly is going on up there. Uh, it, whether it's a balloon, whether it's a rocket, whether it's whatever it is, a drone, uh, loitering, uh, that we've got to have much better technology at that 40 to near atmospheric level as it, as it approaches into space with, without recourse, without any kind of excuse, again, especially in a post 9-11 world. Love having you on. It has been well over, well, it's been over a year you and I have been talking about what's going on in the world, and especially Ukraine. Appreciate that, my man. You have yourself a great weekend, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. Mike Lyons there, uh, retired major and uh, our military go-to guy when it comes to all this stuff. You can follow him uh, you know, on the Twitter and check him out. He's always on CNN and appreciate him coming on. At Chad Benson Show, Twitter, C-H-A-D-B-E-N-S-O-N. Raycon, here's a perfect example, adapting. How do you do it? Well, we started long ago with the Walkman and the headphones and the wires. 
Now we got wireless things, amazing earbuds. We got incredible gaming headphones, which are amazing. We got speakers that are wireless. Raycon has them all at a price point that's amazing. Buy now, pay later. 30, 30 day money back guarantee for the best products around. Products I swear, products they use on a daily basis. Products I put through the ringer. My earbuds, I beat those things up, if you will. I play soccer in them. I run around. I've got a daughter that will like to put them in and she'll, she'll step on them and drop them sometimes. And guess what? They keep working. Sound that is second to none. And the talk, oh, you know, when you, when you think about like, okay, what's your talk time, Chad? Eight hours of talk time, 32 hours of battery life. That's just for my earbuds. For my gaming headphone side of things, my 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 son and my my uh, daughter put them through the ringer, and they last. And trust me, they've had just about everything you can think of. Raycon's price point second to none, about half of everybody else's. What are you waiting for? Get the best round, save an extra fifteen percent. Go to buyraycon.com/chad. 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 Let's wrap it up straight ahead. Chad Benson Show. Welcome to Chad. No, not the country. The institution. The Chad Benson Show. I never imagined it could be anything like this. I always thought it was nothing but red. Uh, Raquel Welch passed away yesterday, 82. The buxom beauty that she was, a sex symbol in, really, you know, they talk about she was a sex symbol in the 60s. She was a sex symbol for a long time. A long, long time. 82 years old, short illness, passed away. Uh, but, uh, you know, she uh, wasn't her acting that, 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 that kept her around forever and today. She wasn't a bad actress, but let's be real. When you think of Raquel Welch, you think, Ooh, even into her seventies when you saw her, cause she had kind of gone out of the spotlight for a while. Uh, but even in her seventies, she was, she was something else to tell you that highest paid entertainers on the planet are now this was last year, 2022 reported number 10 bad bunny. So my producer here, Pablo, for the local show, Bad Bunny is his life. He's got huge deals with Adidas, Cheetos, Corona. He's a Puerto Rican rapper and singer, and uh, he is he he lives for Bad Bunny. He made eighty-eight million. Taylor Swift, ninety-two million. James Cameron, ninety-five, and I bet next year it'll be even bigger. Rolling Stones, ninety-eight million bucks. Here's something crazy: last year's European tour. They made uh, $8.5 million a night. Damn. Brad Pitt made $100 million. Sold a lot of his goodies, uh, including his production Plan B Entertainment. James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, those of The Simpsons, they uh, made $105 million during 2022. Simpsons transitioning to Disney Plus gives them $105 million a year each. I'm going to say that again. Each $105 million. Trey Parker and Matt Stone, they secured uh, deals for the likes of uh, Paramount Plus with a deal worth $935 million over the next six years with 14 exclusive and original South Park movies over the span of the platform. Tyler Perry made $175 million. Sting, number two, sold the catalog of the police, $210 million with fees from the sale. But number one, Genesis. Phil Collins and his bad uh, bandmates made over $300 million, which included his hit songs in the air tonight and other things that they sold off. That's a lot of what's going on. I'm here to Justin Bieber this year. Sold off a catalog that he already has, and he's going to make another five before he's finished. 
So good money if you can get it, right? 323-538-2423. At Chad Benson shows your Twitter, your Insta, all of the other things. If you miss any of the show, feel free to grab the podcast. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Check out the great interview from Mike Lyons. It's the Chad Benson Show. This is the Chad Benson Show.